Amen. All right. How are you guys doing today? All right. How many people are excited about the game today? Who's excited about the red team? <laughs> All right. 49er fans. 49er fans. If you're, if you're a Bronco fan, by the way, you can't cheer for the Chiefs. That's just the rule. Uh, Chief fans in the room. Commercial people. I could care less. I'd rather take a nap, people. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we missed last week, but we had Next Gen Sunday. Who's here last week? It was incredible. Uh, Cole Walker, our youth pastor, brought an incredible message. And man, we're so proud of what's going on in our Next Gen ministries. Today, we're starting a new series called Love Letters. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I love you. All right, and hopefully you do. <laughs> But before we jump into our message today, I want to welcome you if you're joining us online or if it's your first time with us. Uh, we're just so grateful that you're joining us today. In this series, we're going to be breaking down various passages of Scripture that are from Paul's letters. How many people love the letters of Paul in the New Testament? We have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then we have this, this chunk of letters. We have uh, the, church, the letters of the Romans and the, the church of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All of those are letters to different cities um, that Paul, most of them are written, to, written by Paul to, to various cities in the, around the Mediterranean Sea. Why? Because Paul was a missionary and he would establish a church in a city. And then two years or so later, he would leave and go to a new city and establish a new church. And then as he was in the new city, he would write a letter back to that church that he started. And, and we have various letters. We're going to be breaking down six different letters leading into Easter. And we're going to be talking about the ways in which God loves us through these letters. And his heart is to support us. His heart is to encourage us and to disciple us through these letters. Uh, most of these cities that Paul was writing to were Roman cities or non-Jewish cities, um, or as I like to call it, heathens, right? People that didn't know about Jesus. And so Paul is writing to them. He's helping them and he's helping them guide them in their journey through the discipleship process. And his heart was to encourage them and to point them to Jesus. Um, if you study these letters, there's three things that, that each of them accomplish. Number one, if you're taking notes today, we, they help, all of these letters help us understand God's love. Everybody say God's love, right? They help us understand God's love and also his character, right? Paul's always talking about how we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, Right here at One Life, we talk about how Jesus is the main thing. And if we're keeping Jesus the main thing, we're going to talk about him not just once a week, but every day. Jesus, we need to understand your love and your character. And out of that understanding of God's character, then we learn how to treat people. Amen. So next, he gives us truth. Paul gives us truth that is oftentimes challenging or corrective. Right? If you're a parent, you have to sometimes correct your parent, your kids, yes or no? Like daily. I feel like I'm just a referee, just continuing to help my kids, right? But that's what good parents do. They help guide their kids and, and point out ways in which they need to be corrected. And number three, there's wisdom, right? There's wisdom on how to live. Anybody have a, a grandparent that oftentimes gives that, that wisdom that you just need to step into their, their living room and get that wisdom that only a grandparent can give. 
But as a church, we're going to lean into these three things. Lord, we want to understand your character. Lord, we're going to lean into your correction when we need to be corrected on how we're living. And also, we just need wisdom, right? Because this world, right, it's, it's, it's a world that, that oftentimes is ready to uh, cancel those people that are, that, that are calling for truth, right? We have a Bible that gives us truth, amen, right? And we don't want to say, Lord, I, I don't need the truth. Lord, we want to lean into your truth, and we need the correction and the wisdom that Paul is writing. Question for you, are you teachable, Right? In this series, we're going to be teachable. We're going to be sponges. We're going to be saying, Lord, I want to not just learn about love, but I want to experience your love. And we have in this, this Bible, the, the Word of God, um, 66 different love letters towards us, right? Starting from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we have 66 different ways in which God reveals his love towards us. I want to talk about one of the most famous passages in the Bible today. We're going to talk about the love chapter. Everybody say, oh, it's going to get good. It's going to get good, right? Uh, so let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we have, again, uh, the New Testament. We're on page 957 today. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Then we get to 1 Corinthians uh, the, the church of Corinth was a church that needed a lot of correction. They needed a lot of help, right? And they needed to learn about God's love. Oftentimes we think about the love chapter as the, the passage of scripture that we read in a wedding, right? And, or we, we, rem, we think about it maybe in a way of romantic love, right? If you're married and you're sitting next to somebody you love, you can squeeze their hand a little bit tighter, put your arm around them a little closer today, because this is a romantic love. But also, it's not just a romantic love. God's love for us it applies whether we're single, married, a kid, a child, old, young. We need God's love, amen? All of us are in need of his love. And Paul defines God's love in 1 Corinthians 13. Again, take it out of, out of, out of, a, this isn't a love that comes from the world, from people. This is a love that comes from only God. Amen. All right. Verse four. Here we go. You guys know the passage. Love is patient. Oh man, man, that, that's hard right there. Any, any people struggle with patience in the room? I feel like the Lord wanted me to learn patience. He gave me four kids to learn patience, right? Here you go. Here's a slap of reality. Learn some patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Come on, I love that part right there. Love never loses faith. It always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Let's skip down to verse 11. Then it says, when I was a child, Paul's writing, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. <laughs> but when I grew up, I put away my childish things. 
right? Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. And then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then, he's speaking of heaven, right? But then I will know everything completely. I will see everything, including God, perfectly, just as God knows me completely. Aren't you glad that God knows you completely and he still loves you? Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. See, love isn't just a theme in the Bible. It is the theme in the Bible. The greatest of all of the fruit of the Spirit, the greatest of faith, hope, and love is love. Lord, help us to understand your love today. Let's do this. Let's just pray and let's ask the Lord to do a deep work in our hearts. Help us, help us to get this idea of love, not just from our head, into our hearts today. Jesus, we thank you for this idea of love, that you invented it. It was your idea. And Lord, we don't want to just uh, learn about your love today. We want to experience it today. Lord, I pray that we, as, as followers of Jesus, Lord, that we would be mature in the way we love each other, that we would be mature in the way that we see your love, Lord. Help us to dig into you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, how many people um, are a fan of Valentine's Day? Fan of Valentine's Day? How many people think that Valentine's Day is just for Hallmark to make some money in the room, right? I know for us, we try not to make, try not to put too much pressure on Valentine's Day because there's just always room for disappointment on Valentine's Day, amen? (laughs) But I remember the very first Valentine's Day that Joanne and I celebrated together. Uh, We were, we had that puppy dog love, right? Our first year of dating, we were five months into into, uh, dating and it was getting serious, right? You know, five months in, you're, you're kind of like, man, is this, is this going to the M word or is this like towards breakup time? But it was not going to breakup time. It was going to, it was, we were on, on the freight train towards marriage at that point. And we had not yet said those words, I love you, right? And so I was thinking about it and I was trying to figure out when is the perfect time. Well, Valentine's Day is the cliche perfect time, right? To, to pop the L word. And so I was trying to figure out, man, how do I want to say the words, I love you for the first time? And so I, I decided I was going to make a big poster board and I, I printed out a bunch of pictures. And those of you who know me, I don't, I don't have great handwriting, but I just put a big old I love you with a bunch of pictures. There was hearts. It was red and pink and, and white, and, and, and it, it, it was beautiful, right? And so I'm thinking, man, I need to, I, I need to get ready. And, and so I, I asked Joanna um, on a date that night. I was too poor to buy dinner at the time. I said, we'll just hang out at the coffee shop, hang out, right? Any poor people? All right, that was me. Um, and I was saving every dollar for the ring at that point. And so I, I, I remember, um, you know, giving her the poster board and saying those words, I love you. Ever say, oh, and she said, I know. <laughs> no, no, she didn't say that. Of course not. 
She wasn't like Han Solo from Star Wars. No, she, she said, I love you too. And man, it was like our hearts were connecting and, and, and it was, the, the rest is history, right? A couple weeks later, we were engaged. We were headed towards marriage. We were, we were all in at that point, right? And that's what those words, I love you, do. It's kind of like an all-in statement. Like, I'm all in for you. It's kind of awkward, though, when someone says, I love you, and you're not all in for them. It's, don't, don't, you know, right? Anyway, um, but we express our love in different ways, right? The, that five books, five love languages book. Some people love quality gifts, right? How people like some gifts, right? If it's Valentine's Day and you don't get a gift, you're upset, right? How about quality time? Anybody quality time people? My wife, she loves when I unload the dishes and vacuum the floor. It's called acts of service, right? Any acts of service people, right? Just take note. Just, just, just watch for the hands, right? I, I always think the, the sixth love language is my favorite. Make a good meal, right? Come on now, right? Or how about that, those, those, again, those, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a words of affirmation person. When, when she says, man, I believe in you, that's what, that means I love you to me, right? Um, there are a lot of people that like writing letters. Any, any letters people in the room, right? I remember for us, we wrote a lot of letters the first uh, year of being together. We probably wrote more letters the first year than the last 13. Um, and I found a, one of those letters that I want to share with you today. Do you guys want to hear it today? Yeah. It's, not, it's not one of those mushy letters. This is one of those like, uh, uh, we're, we're following Jesus and, and loving Jesus letters. I, I gave Joanna um, our first year of ma- marriage uh, a, a prayer journal. That's a good gift, by the way. Like, love Jesus more. This is what I'm trying to tell her. So I said, Joanna, I love you so much, and I want to give you a gift that would help you connect with God. There we go. Take notes, men. Here we go. <laughs> I know... <laughs> Or single men, I should say. I, <laughs> I know I like to tell you, I, I know that you like to tell God what's on your mind and pour your heart out to him. Let this prayer journal be an inspiration to love him more. Because the more that you love him, the more that you're going to love me. Amen. Let's go. Blessings to you, the love of my life. I pray that we continue to get closer to God and to each other every day. So that was my, one of my letters. I know it was a, it was a PG one. I'll, maybe I'll introduce the PG-13 ones later. But come on now. When we pour out love letters, right, what are we saying? We're, we, are re, we are saying, I pursue you. I'm, I, I'm a, I choose you, right? I, I've read some books that talk about how, ladies, you forget that your husband loves you every day and you need him to tell you I love you every day. More than anything, you just want him to pursue you, right, ladies? Yeah. Right? And here's what God does to us is he is the one that makes the first move to us. And he says, I love you. I choose you. It's, again, love is not just a theme in the Bible. It is the theme in the Bible. Over and over and over throughout Scripture, we see God pursuing us and saying, I am committed to you. Is that what happens, though? Do the children of Israel, do they reciprocate that? No. They break their commitment over and over and over and over. But then we see Jesus and God pursuing over and over. 
and over. Aren't you glad that God pursues us even when we break our commitment to him? I think oftentimes the problem that we have is that we treat God's love as common in our life. It's just another part of the buffet that we eat every day. It's just, I love Jesus. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Yes, we know that God loves us, but again, we have to remember how truly extraordinary his love truly is. Amen? That again, his love isn't just one of the options that we we need every day. It is the only thing that we need. I know for me, I would rather go to an amazing restaurant and get one amazing entree than get a lot of terrible ones. Amen? Right? Right? I want the gourmet love. Give me the love that, that, that will, will leave me satisfied for the rest of my life. And that's the kind of love that God offers to us. But we, again, treat his love as common. And what is Paul saying? This love is not common. It's extraordinary. It's, it is the thing that we all are looking for. And he writes to this church in Corinth these Corinthians that were infants in their faith and they're still learning what it means to know God and to love God. And they have their hands um, on this side in the world. They're, they're Romans that have multiple gods. They have the God of Zeus and, and Apollos and they have, they have the God of infertility and, and then they have Jesus. And, and Paul's saying, let go of all these other gods and just grab on to God's love the love of Jesus that is all you need. Anybody ever sometimes need to be reminded of that? We don't need the cheap love over here. We don't need to be loved by a hundred people. We need to be loved deeply by one. Amen? There is a culture out there that, is, that, is, that has thousands of people liking our stories when we don't have one deep person that we're leaning into. Church, we, we need to be loved by one, and we need to experience his love, the pursuit of Jesus that is pursuing us. And when we open this Bible, again, he is pursuing us. He is revealing his love to us. Again, we'll go back to that chapter. It says, love, my love, God's love is patience and kind. Again, we have this this beautiful parent, that, that it, the, the love of the father that waits for us. It doesn't demand that we love him back. He patiently, like a gentleman, waits for us. His love is patient and kind, and it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. What is he talking about? He's talking about selfless love. It doesn't demand anything back in return. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. Not about you, but I'm grateful for that one because I've walked away from God many times and he still doesn't count that against me, amen. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never, never, never gives up. It is everlasting. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. 
Are you glad that Jesus' love endures through every circumstance? That his love is selfless, right? I, I, I think about those that, that want to be married, right? And that you want to, lay, when you sign up to get married, you're not signing up to make your life better. You're signing up to, 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 to wash feet. You're signing up to lay your life down for the other person. And here's what you're doing. When, when we love each other even, we should be loving each other with this selfless, others first love. Amen? And again, what does he say? He says there's no IOUs in this love. Why? Because we would have, we, we, we owe God a million IOUs, but yet he doesn't hold that over our head. We have this word called covenants, this deep covenant love. See, a contract gives the other person a way out if they, if they do something wrong. God's love continues to pursue over and over and over and over, even when we don't do the right thing. Paul is saying, look and, 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 and fix your eyes on a deeper love, not a performance-based religion. Right? I, I think about even, even us, uh, we, we oftentimes, we, we think we need this, we need to perform for God. And God's saying, no, I'm giving my love to you, whether you need it or you deserve it or not. Number one, if you're taking notes, what does this teach us about God and his character? God's love is selfless. God's love is selfless. If I were to put one word that would describe his kind of love, it's selfless and it is never performance-based. I'm so thankful for that, by the way. I don't know about you, but, but I, I, I oftentimes get caught in the rat race of trying to perform, perform, perform. And God's saying, stop performing and just receive. In a, in a minute, we're going to have a time of, of just worshiping today, right? And, and, and it's not, I need to do more, do more, do more. It's just, he loves me. Thank you. Right? Some of you, you, that's easy for you. Others of you, that's hard. That's hard for me. He just loves me. Nothing, nothing more than that. Again, we see it throughout scripture that, that, that even when the, 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 the mankind rejects God, he still pursues. He still chases after us, even when we take his love for granted. How many people take his love for granted sometimes? This week, as we're going into Valentine's Day, again, we're leaning into his love and we're saying, Lord, I don't want to just talk about love. Lord, I, I, I want to know your love this week. Out of, a, out of a knowledge, an understanding of God's love, then I can love others. I think oftentimes we're trying to love others to get something in return. No, with God's love, we are full and complete, and we don't need the love of others. We already have it, and we can just give it as a selfless love. Amen? I see this with, with one of Jesus' best friends, the loud mouth in, in the group, Peter, right? Who loves Peter in the room, right? Peter was the one that, that, that says, Jesus, I, I don't, I, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go to war with you. And, and Jesus is like, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter's like, what? No way. 
Like, I'm not, I, that's not some me. And sure enough, on the night when, when Jesus is about to go to the cross, what happens? Peter says, I don't even know that guy, his best friend. He says, I don't even know him. And Peter, I believe that Peter was kind of like that performance-based dude. He was just trying to do everything he can to, to, to be in, in good standing with God. And now all of a sudden he messed up. And aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't hold that over Peter's head, right? He forgives him. He lavishes forgiveness even after Peter denies him. Jesus, thank you that you lavish forgiveness on us even when we walk away, even when we deny, even when we reject your love. Lord, we love the fact that you pursue us back. And I'm about to share John 21 where Jesus pursues Peter, right? We have this this connection that's not a coincidence that Peter denies Jesus three times and three times Jesus pursues Peter three times and he restores him. For some of us in the room, Jesus needs to restore the brokenness. And here's what he does. He doesn't do it through clean yourself up. He does it through, I love you. I'm chasing after you. Embrace my love. Get deeper in my love. And he goes and he meets us where we are. And he calls us to something deeper. I know for me, I have three kids, four kids. Forgot how many we had. Four kids. <laughs> and... And oftentimes, they're still learning how to love, right? And they're learning that it's not just about saying I love you, but it's, it's about laying your life down. And, and, and they're learning about a deeper kind of love, right? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, Paul says this, When I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child. Oftentimes, when we think about God's love, we we think about it in a childish way. But then I grew up. Again, look at your neighbor. Say, grow up, right? When I grew up, I put away childish things. And now we see, imper see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity, right? When we, when we see God, we see him with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete, but I know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Aren't you glad that God sees us completely and he still lays his life down for us? I think about Peter. Jesus could have said, Peter, you're going to deny me. I'm not going to choose you. He could have done that, right? But he knows us completely and he went all in for those that couldn't love him back completely. And he still chose us. Thank you, Jesus, that the one who knows me completely still pursues after me. Amen? Amen? Number two, Jesus calls us to maturity. He calls us to this deeper maturity of love by not settling for the cheap love. Again, what is Paul doing? He's like that parent that is calling the Corinthians to a deeper level of maturity. He's calling them to reject selfish living, to reject this, this love that says, I need all different kinds of people to love me. No, we only need this covenant love with Jesus. See, again, those Corinthians, 
They, they, they didn't know it, but they were, um, they were engaging in, in idolatry. They were engaging in, in adultery and, and sex outside of marriage. And Jesus is saying, I created marriage for covenants. I created you for till death do us part. I created you with, 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 an, with an everlasting covenant that lasts for all eternity. Amen? And, he, and he's calling them to something deeper, to a selfless love. Church, we need a selfless church that loves selflessly and unconditionally with maturity, right? Lord, help us to be disciples that reject um, infatuation and reject um, lust and reject the kind of love that the world offers and only is satisfies with covenant love. Amen? Amen? Here's what we want our kids to know. We want our kids to know that they're going to wait for the best and they're going to wait uh, to, to, to only accept God's love. Amen? Amen? Love is an emotional, it's a choice. I've done a lot of weddings and I, I always go back to love is a choice, a choice on your worst day to lay your life down, a choice that always gives without expecting anything in return. See, the world's kind of love, it leaves us empty, right? Anybody ever felt empty by anything but Jesus, right? His love is the only thing that we need. Lord, I don't want anything else but your love. Lord, I want to be full of your love because everything else leaves us empty. That is a, a mature love. Let's get back to Peter. Again, that story of Peter after he denies Jesus. We know that Jesus ended up going to the cross. And then after the cross, we have the resurrection. And then we have Jesus that appears to his disciples in the upper room. He, he appears to all of them. Uh, including Thomas. And then we have this amazing story, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, which is in John 21. If you have a Bible, we're going to finish the message in John 21 today. John 21, um, we have this incredible story of Jesus eating breakfast with his disciples. And if you remember how Jesus calls Peter and John to be disciples. We have this story of, of Peter and John fishing all nights, and then Jesus coming up, and he says, throw your nets on the other side. Peter and John say, we've already tried fishing all night. We're tired. Why do we have to throw the fish, the, the, the fish on, the other night, on the other side? So they throw the, the nets, and then what happens? The multiplication of the fish, amen? And then we have this incredible story at the very end where Jesus bookends it. He started with Peter and John with that, that miracle, and then he ends with the same miracle. Peter, after he denies Jesus, there's still something not quite right. Peter's still uh, struggling, I believe, with this denial that he had with Jesus. But then Jesus comes and he pursues, and he has a moment with Peter. The verse, it says in verse 6, it says, After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Real quick, before I get into this, this is how I know that Jesus loves Simon. He cooks him breakfast. How would you like to, to get the, the, the God of the universe to cook you breakfast, right? right? He knows the way to Peter's heart through his stomach, all right? So after breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, 
Jesus told him. And interesting enough, he, he asked him once, Peter, do you love me? Peter says yes. And then he keeps going. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter is hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Remember the first time I, I read this and I was thinking to myself, what is going on? Why does, why does Jesus keep pressing here? Why does he keep pushing here? And it, 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 it occurred to me, you know, Peter denied Jesus three times. And then Jesus goes after Peter three times. He pursues him three times. He says, Peter, am I all that you need? Do you love me? And he pursues him three times. It's almost like, like Jesus is trying to restore the broken relationship that they had. He's trying to break down the wall between him and Peter. Aren't you glad that Jesus breaks down the walls and he pursues us and he, and he, and he eliminates any distractions? And he, Some of you today, that's what Jesus is doing. He's pursuing you. He's coming after you. And he's saying, I am all that you need. And he's saying, do you love me? Maximo, do you love me? Yes, I love you, right? Candace, do you love me? Muhammad, do, do you love him? Yes, you know that I love you, Jesus. Today, that's what he's asking us today. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. And I know I don't deserve it, but you still love me. Lord, thank you for that kind of love. I don't know about you, but we can't just talk about it. We got we to gotta experience it with Jesus. And that's what Jesus does. He has a moment, a breakfast appointment. Here's what Jesus is doing today. He has an appointment with you and with me, this individual appointment where he's saying, I love you. Do you love me? See, we have to accept his love, amen? We can't just talk about it. We have to grab onto it. And notice what Jesus does here. He says, feed my sheep. What was Peter doing? He, was, he wasn't feeding sheep. He was fishing. He wasn't telling people about Jesus. He was, he was back in his old habits. And, and Jesus is saying, get back in the game, Peter. Get back in the game. Go tell people about my love. And Peter's like, well, what about me? I'm, I, I, he, was, he was like in, in, in self-pity. Some of you are in self-pity over the wintertime. Get out of it. Spring is coming. Don't worry. Enjoy his love. Enjoy his love. Some of you are in self-pity about your team that's not in the Super Bowl. Who cares? His love is better than the Super Bowl. Amen. We're, on, so we're here on Sunday morning. We get the privilege of singing about his love. He lavishes his love on us today. Lord, thank you that you love me. You love me. You love me more than anybody else. I'm your favorites. See, we can all be God's favorites, by the way. God, I'm your favorite. You lavish your love on me. And then out of an understanding of God's love, 
out of this, this I'm full of God's love, what happens? We got to share it with the world, right? Number three, if you're taking notes, we love others because he first loved us. We love others because he first loved us. I know for Joanne and I, we, we had a, our, our wedding. I'll just tell you about our wedding. We had an hour and a half wedding. Some of you, most weddings go 20 minutes because I've done a lot of them. Most people will say 20 minutes is the max. Ours was an hour and a half. Man, we had a full on like, God loves us. And everybody was like, that wasn't a wedding. That was a church service. Yeah, it was because his love is more important than anything else. Our view of marriage, we can't have a good view of marriage if we don't understand his love. We can't be good parents unless we understand his love. We can't be good single people knowing that we're loved without his love. We're going to be searching and searching and searching and searching for something to fill us. We got to understand his love. It's everything, church. We can't be the church God has called us to be without an understanding of his love. In this world that is searching and searching, we have the solution. It's the love of Jesus. What does Paul write to the Ephesians? He writes this in Ephesians 5. He says, imitate God. Imitate him. Just look at God. Just look at him. What did Jesus do? Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Don't imitate the world's. Don't imitate your friend's. Don't, don't worry about the next thing that you need to buy. Imitate him because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with his love, filled with the love of God, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Church, we love because he first loved us. We imitate the way he laid down his life for us. That's the kind of imitation we want. We, we lay our life down for our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. Not because they deserve it, but because he did that when we didn't deserve it. We're blessed so that we could be a blessing. We're loved so that we can pour out that love to the world. I always say this, you might be the only Jesus that your neighbors ever see. Your house might be the only church that someone steps foot in. Are they seeing the love of Jesus in your house? Are they seeing the kind of generosity that Jesus had that says, you know what, I freely give love because he freely poured out love to me. I freely forgive because he forgave me. And I don't have to get some kind of um, affirmation from man because I already know that I'm affirmed by the Father. He loves me. He loves me. I'm his favorite. He loves me. And I can give that kind of love to the world. See, if we truly understood his love, then we would reciprocate that love with the world's. Nothing else fills us up, amen? amen? Nothing else fills us up. Some of us, we've been turning to the cheap love, right? 
the, 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 we've been looking to our spouse for something that only God can give. Don't put that kind of pressure on them. Look to him today, right? And for some of us, we're looking for success to fill a bucket that only he can give. Jesus, I don't want success. I want you. I want your love today. Let's get in a, a, a posture of receiving today. Maybe it's holding our hands out today, or maybe it's just opening up our hearts to him right now. Let's just receive his love as we go into worship right now. Let's close our eyes and, and, and just get in a heart of, of receiving today. Jesus, we don't want any other thing but your love today. Lord, we want to encounter the love of the Father. Just like Jesus, you went after Peter. You cooked him breakfast and you, you had that moment with him. Lord, we want to have a moment with you today. Maybe you're in this room and you, you know you are far from God. There's shame, there's guilt, there's, there's performance-based love. And, and Jesus would just offer something better. Not legalism, but a relationship with him. Maybe there are those in the room that have never had a relationship with Jesus before, and you want to enter into that relationship today. You say, Pastor John, would you pray for me? I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to get right with Jesus today. I don't want performance-based love. I want a relationship with him today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know him like Peter knew him. I want to know him like the disciples. Yeah, I see a couple hands in the room. Don't, don't be shy about it. Jesus, we need your love. We need a relationship with you today. All of us saying it together, let's, let's just say a, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of saying, I don't need anything else but you, Jesus. Can we say it together? Say, Jesus, we need your love. Help us. Forgive us. Save us. Pour out your love on us, Jesus. And Lord, we reciprocate that love with you. We want to know you today, Jesus. We're all in for you. I want a relationship with you. I want to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.